once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me uh, back from his trip to New Mexico is Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. How was New Mexico, by the way? Did you happen to talk to John? Did you happen uh, to see and- John? I, I did not. Unfortunately, John and I were not able to connect on this trip, but there will be many, 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 many future opportunities for John and I to, to grab a adult beverage and talk Horizon League and or other basketball. Good, because you guys are going to do a remote from there, and I'm going to I'm going to take a I'm going to take a week off one of these days. So, Matt, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, and you can find us on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. You can also find us on the web, most importantly, at HorizonRoundtable.com. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Matt, I want to talk about Antoine Davis. Okay, I want to start out with Antoine Davis. Great, let's do it. So. Antoine Davis is now uh, the all-time NCAA leader in three-point shots. He is. He is uh, probably going to be the second highest scorer all-time in NCAA history. I don't think anybody's gonna. I don't think anybody's gonna touch Pete Maravich. What Pete Maravich did was superhuman, and I don't think Antoine is gonna give it his best shot. But I don't think. Uh, but. It's Pete Maravich, and what he did is you know no, nothing short of superhuman. But I think Antoine is going to be number two, right behind Pete Maravich. And that's all good. And let's not forget that Pete Maravich did it in not a ton of time. It, it's truly amazing and should never be touched anyway. Like I'm, I said, superhuman. Yeah, Antoine is Antoine is is received as it was player player of the year last year. He's probably going to be player of the year this year. Detroit Mercy, however, is currently three and five in the conference. They are tied for eighth place. And it, this is something that has happened throughout the entire nearly five years that Antoine Davis has been here. Is that Antoine Davis is producing at a level we have never seen in the Horizon League ever. Because once again, Antoine Davis already blew past the Horizon League record. But here's the thing, like, yeah, I mean, we we go through this every year. First off, like, how frustrating is Detroit Mercy? Because on paper, yes. they they should be really good. I mean, Liddell has been. I mean, he's hurt right now or playing but, through injury. Okay, like I get that, but like double double machine. There's your inside presence to go with Antoine. They just need a couple pieces. They've got Oliver. They've got Stone. They've got the pieces this year. Let's put it together and have ourselves a, a championship year. Oh, we're in eight. But has it? But as it, I'm, but I'm glad, and I'm glad you brought that up because as it has been the case nearly the entire time Antoine Davis has been at Detroit Mercy, is that the only consistent thing about Detroit Mercy is Antoine Davis. For, specifically, mean, the last three years, the the last three years, that rotation has had such a problem. Staying on the court for whatever reason, be it injury issues, be it eligibility issues, it doesn't matter. It hurts that rotation to get any kind of rhythm outside of Antoine. It, exactly. It's it's always something with them. And at some point you have to go, what's been the one consistent? The Davis family. Like at some point, don't don't you have to just call a spade a spade? 
I don't understand it. I mean, you can knowing the talent that Detroit Mercy has, it is very clear. It is very obvious that Mike Davis can evaluate talent because he is able to get these get talent. There's Are no dispute sure? of the talent. There's no dispute of the talent that he can bring to the roster. The problem is, is that that roster cannot stay on the court. I'm not even so as sold as you on, on evaluating talent, honestly. What has he? I mean, every year it seems like he's surrounded Antoine with with the pieces, but then they don't produce even when they are on the court. Like, I don't know. I, yes, he can probably observe talent, but I I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not as sold on that as you are. I am. I I, I do. I believe that I am. But it's every time, especially last year. Look at what happened. Look at last year. I mean, Noah Waterman. How many times have we talked about Noah Waterman over the last three, you know, the last, the two seasons he was here? How many? How much did we talk to about him constantly? And how often was he on the court? He not was, all the which, time. Not all the time. Because he was he was battling through injuries, and honestly, I I haven't looked at what he's been doing at BYU, but he's probably non non existent. If I had to guess, I, I'm just guessing. I I have also have not followed up on uh, Noah Waterman at BYU. I mean, it's you you see it. It's just like constantly you don't it, but but there's just been this cavalcade of players that have jumped in and out. Um, you know. Last year, we how much how how much did we hear about DJ Harvey last year being an X factor? He didn't even he, he had a, he had an extra year and he opted for the NBA draft, which obviously he didn't get drafted for. Shocking. I, it just in and out. It's just it, there's all there's always seems to be something with a the, with Detroit Mercy. Again, besides the one constant, which has been Antoine Davis. The one constant. I will say uh, Noah Waterman is averaging, uh, just to follow up on that, uh, five points. Uh, he's getting about 17, 18 minutes a game, five points, a couple boards, you know, three three boards essentially, three three to four boards there. Like, he's just kind of there. He's not, you know, he started 11 games. Like, he's, he's doing, I mean, he's just kind of there, which is fine on BYU. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can do that. He's cut his hair too. Like he he looks just like a kind of tall white dude now. Like okay, cool. Fine. He cut his hair last year. He looked like a middle. He looked like a middle school math teacher. I wouldn't know. He wasn't on the floor. <laughs> the the times he was, I saw him there. He was. He looked like a middle school math teacher. Yeah, that that sounds accurate actually. But I mean, Detroit Mercy's frustrating. Like first off, Antoine Davis. Congrats. Um, I tweeted out. Um, we're recording on Sunday. I tweeted out. Um, Antoine did it in less games than both um Bader and Fletcher McGee, who he uh he's, yes. he's overtaken in this. Correct. And you know what? There's something to be said for that. He's done. He's done it in 130 games. He's taken over the NCAA three-point streak. Yeah. That said, he's also done it with the lowest three-point percentage. Um. <laughs> about three to four percent lower than McGee and Bader. Okay. He's a volume shooter. We know that, but th- there's just, as we said, there's not pieces at Detroit mercy on the floor all the time. I mean, this, this RMU game was the perfect example. Like I, I know Liddell is fighting through injury right now. It's a uh, back injury, right? Is that, is that what we're dealing with? Uh, I'm sorry. Who's this now? Is this, uh, I thought, I thought Liddell was had leg injury. I see. We can't even keep track. Either way you look at it. Like, yeah, we're, we're... <laughs> he was yeah, on the floor. Liddell was on the floor for 20 minutes in that game, playing RMU. RMU is one of the two smallest teams in the league next to Oakland. We'll get to Oakland in a few minutes. But so, like, that should have been – Liddell, even hurt, should have had, like, 1,008 rebounds. He had three. Yeah. Like, 
that's not that's not what you're looking for from your big, even even if hurt. Especially but it's a, okay a double double machine like Gerald Liddell. It's okay though, because Antoine will just score forty one for your team. Like, fine. You know what? What are you gonna do? Like, it's just this team is so frustrating. Like, it, it, I've, I've over the years I have ripped on Detroit Mercy because Oakland Detroit Mercy, all those things. I get it, but like at some point you almost want to just root for them. Like, okay, you guys, go be go be that team for the Horizon League. Go, you know. The Antoine Davis story, Mike Davis story, all of that is just so good. Go to the NCAA tournament and wreck somebody. Great. Do it, guys. We're in eighth place in the league right now. Again. You forgot to say again because this is not the first time this has happened, and it's not the, it's not even the last time. I I hate to say it, but, you know, maybe, you know, I, I don't want to say Antoine Davis deserves better than Detroit Mercy, but, I mean – you know what, Antoine David? I will say this, and but you I, know I, what? I, 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 maybe we, uh, maybe he just wants to play with his dad. Maybe that's it. Clearly, he had every opportunity to go to Maryland, go to Kansas State, to go to BYU. Like, the opportunities were there. I can't fault that at all. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that he has a very close bond with his dad, and you, I can't, I can't argue with that. In that in, exact, me either. And you know what? Good for you. That is all well and good. But at some point, I don't feel bad for you for you know just kind of mulling about in the horizon league. Like you're gonna make a lot of money overseas. I don't know how the China global uh, nil is doing from there, but you know what? It's setting them up for future success. I believe that. And cool. Yeah. I'm good with that. Like congratulations, Antoine. You shoot the lights out. But it's still the same problems that we've been saying for five years with Antoine Davis, the Davis family, and Detroit Mercy. And at some point something has to change. And obviously Antoine, I think is finally going to graduate at like 28 years old, but uh, the rest of I it, think he's, yeah, I think he's going to probably, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to have his master's degree at the end of this. Cause I'm pretty sure already graduated. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm joking, but at the same time, don't forget he's old anyway. Um, so I, I do believe he's like 24 years old, something like that. Yeah. He's not an NBA talent and that's okay. He's going to make a lot of money overseas that I can't even dream of. Great for you, Antoine. You are one of the best shooters I've witnessed firsthand cool congrats but detroit mercy is just still never able to put the pieces together you know we've got the stone and oliver thing we had eligibility questions some some other questions like it's just it's one thing after another all the time with detroit mercy yeah and then you put in the yeah i'm glad you brought that up because added to the equation next year no antoine the, la- the only consistent part of your team over the last five years is going to finally gra- uh, is going to be out of eligibility and going to be probably playing professionally overseas. Are Dead we sure one. that we're going to have a Mike Davis next year? I'm Dead not one. sure of that. I'm not even sure who's going to be at Detroit Mercy at all. I'll be honest with you from top to bottom at this point. <laughs> I was going to say new president. We've been hearing that the AD is on his way out. I've heard that firsthand. Like, cool, like, great. So AD is on his way out. New president who's going to want to hire his AD, who's going to want to hire his men's basketball coach and get this thing going the right direction for the thousandth time. Yeah. Well, it keeps going. We keep going into this and it's. And to your point, we need to have, we are the horizon league. We need to have all of our teams playing the best that they can. And we know what Detroit Mercy can do. Uh, at least I think, well, I know what they can do. You're probably still not as sold as I am on what they have around Antoine. This is a team that should have, that should be able to compete with the top half of the league. And they're sitting at three and five. 
and they struck and they you know they had to you know they had to score 41 and Antoine had to score 41 points for them to beat Robert Morris which is a good team I got to watch them I mean yeah not to take away anything from Robert Morris but yeah so I don't know anyway they did yeah the yeah uh Youngstown State handled them Youngstown State also handled uh, Oakland and yeah, let, let's talk about let's let's go into Youngstown State because this is a team that well, thanks to a uh, thanks to Milwaukee uh, losing to Wright State uh, on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. But uh, Milwaukee and Youngstown State in Northern Kentucky all are share at the top of the conference uh, at the top of the conference. But Youngstown State seems to be the one that's surging a lot more than the other two teams. I'm just throwing that out there. This is a very prolific team. I've, I don't know if you've noticed. Youngstown State <laughs> is every bit as good as we expected them to be. If we're being on, I mean, we knew on paper they were going to be good and adding, you know, all these pieces and things coming back and all this, that they had a chance to be really good. And it turns out they're really good. <laughs> Dwayne Cohill scored two points against Oakland, and they still won pretty handily. The I will say just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, they did win handily. Um, I think the score is a little bit um, misleading, but yes. Uh, so, they, they they punched. I mean, I jumping ahead a little bit. Youngstown State punched Oakland in the mouth on Saturday. Just yeah. absolutely obliterated them. Obliterated them early. Oakland came back. They cut that to a four point game in the second half. Yeah. Um, but they used everything they had to get to that point. A couple threes, um, which was not anticipated, um, you know, in the in the Oakland scouting report. And the Youngstown State pushed that lead right back. And they're sitting at the top of the league right now. And that's probably where they belong. What I find interesting about that game against Oakland is that Youngstown State did not handle the ball well at all. <laughs> like, at all. I think they had, like, 19 turnovers that game. It was ugly. Yep. It was, it was, it was ugly on the ball handling side. But as far as, like... That Shooting is Jaylen concerned. Moore. Just want to say that. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Including Jalen Moore, which is rare for him, but he had a bad game too. But as far as shooting is concerned, Youngstown State was absolutely relentless. And we talked about other teams having different guys who can kill you every game. Youngstown State is absolutely no different. And this game, it was Brandon Rush who came in and scored 30 points. Again. Yep. This is why Dwayne Cohill could only score two points. By the way, he did he did actually notch eleven. He came very close to getting a a rebounds and assist double double, which I think is pretty impressive. <laughs> it is a team that has pieces in all spots. Yes, and and is very very well coached. Jared Calhoun yes. is doing what we expect Jared Calhoun to do there. I hate to say this too, but um, yeah, I think Aunt, uh, Adrian Nelson was uh, was definitely Trey Trey Townsend's kryptonite. On Saturday, it's possible. It's possible Trey Townsend just didn't have a great game. Yeah, like it, it, both things can be possible. Honestly, I don't think Trey Townsend's ever really had a good game against Adrian Nelson, even when Adrian Nelson was at Northern Kentucky. I don't recall that it was he. Yeah, it was. It, it was pretty. Yeah, and and not to take anything away from Oakland again. Oakland was. Oakland has been, you know, they were on a five-game winning streak at that point. They had five the previous game against Robert Morris. Trey Townsend had 30. You know, like, okay. You know, yeah. like, o- Oakland has been pretty good. They were on a five-game win streak, and they ran into a buzzsaw that was Youngstown State. You know what? All you do from that is go, well, damn, it's a good team. 
and then they've got IUPUI, Detroit Mercy, and then they're at Youngstown State. So gear up, do it again in a couple in twelve days, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oakland with the, yes, Oakland with IUPUI and uh man, no IUPUI. Anyway, anyway, um, but. <laughs> You you know the story with IUPUI, so I'm gonna just jump to directly to that whole uh, to the whole Oakland and Detroit Mercy thing. Um, are, are we st- are we looking at another Oakland uh, Oakland win there? Or I I don't know. I, I I think it's gonna be a coin flip personally on that I'm one. Okay. I mean, getting way 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 ahead. I'm okay with that being a coin flip. I'm okay with Oakland kind of caring less about the rivalry after a very very long time caring a lot. I, it seems that you know. Greg Campy has cared a little bit less lately, and if Greg Campy can care a little bit less, so can the rest of us. There you go. But Oakland, yeah, Oakland up until that Youngstown State game, again a five, and yeah, it's turns out being healthy makes a difference. Go figure. Exactly. Exactly. Five game, yeah. Wish you would. Wish this would have happened before the conference schedule, but hey, it's okay. They also it's played okay. a hell of a schedule. They got they got their asses handed themselves and had a lot to to learn and fix. Yeah. But they also had to get healthy. Yeah, they absolutely did. And you know, yeah, and, and you know the Youngstown State game notwithstanding, I mean they did they did also beat uh, they beat Robert Morris and again that was another that was kind of another fight too. Yeah, absolutely it was it was a good fight it was a because great again game to watch. Robert Morris is not a bad team. They just they lack a little bit of size. A little bit, yes. I mean, that's that's I that that was kind of a big thing for them. And uh, man, it, it, the problem is they, you know, they're, they're outside of Khalil Spear and and cheeks Enoch for che- cheeks for weeks <laughs> against Oakland. They they really struggle. I mean, look at this. Jackson Last was one out of seven, one for seven. Uh, Josh Corbin was one for nine. Um, their actual big man, Stefan Walker, he was only limited to seven minutes. I know he has been dealing with an injury. So he also, again, struck, you know, Trey Townsend, while being undersized and that's well noted, is very fast and can also take you outside. So, like, it's tough for a big man to guard him sometimes, too. Yeah. Speaking of guarding, Andy Tool couldn't figure out who who should guard Antoine. They had, like, three guys. At the, at the end of the night, he had, like, he had TJ Wainwright, the freshman, on him. I'm like, oh, man. You know what the answer is for, for Welcome Antoine? to the Horizon League, TJ Wainwright. <laughs> Let Antoine score 80 for a game. Screw it. Like, just just don't guard him. Double yeah. everybody else. Just just whatever. You know what? Because it doesn't matter if you throw a double or triple at him right now. He's going to score. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's going to do it in your face, too, from, like, 30 feet away. He will do it. He did it, like, a bunch of times against Robert Morris. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. Oh, he really was. So, so I, uh, I, it seems to me that it really seems to me that Ro- for whatever reason, Robert Morris and Detroit Mercy this season seem to be in the same boat as that they just they're just not they're both at three and five in the conference, and you you see you see like glimpses of you see glimpses of what they both of these teams can be, but they just haven't been. You know who's not at three and five in the conference? Who is not at three and five in the conference? Uh? This Milwaukee team, which uh, has beaten Detroit Mercy recently and just keeps yes. on rolling. Yeah. For um, the most part. For the most part. Um, almost, oh, although. <laughs> for the most although, part. Although, <laughs> um, the big game I thought was the, the Milwaukee-Northern Kentucky game on Thursday night. Uh, 
I mean, two, the two teams that were at the top of the conference, Milwaukee won that game. Then Milwaukee turned around on Saturday and played Wright State. Wright State was in control of that game. They were up 16 points. And what do you think? And why does this keep happening, by the way? Every time I turn around, Wright State is specifically against, it seems like it's specifically against Milwaukee this happens. It doesn't matter who's coaching. It doesn't matter who's on the team. Wright State has a double-digit lead on Milwaukee, and Milwaukee comes back. This time they had a 16-point lead, and Milwaukee got it, tied it up, and took it to overtime. Problem is that Milwaukee ran out of gas and ended up losing that game. Which is too bad because I, I, I definitely with the Bart Lundy magic, I had I definitely had a I definitely had a gift geared up for that one, but you were ready to go. I was ready to go. Nope, didn't happen. But yeah, that was uh but Milwaukee definitely that's a game they probably could have won if they probably because it just seemed like at the end of the game they kinda ran out of gas. They spent all they basically expended all their energy getting back into the game. And then at the end, it was it was basically the Trey Calvin show. <laughs> Trey Calvin was unreal in that game. Yeah, especially um, down the stretch. Especially down the stretch. Yeah, he finally figured out. Yeah, I should probably start shooting. Uh, I should probably take a couple steps inside the three point arc and shoot because I'm way better at it than outside of the arc. Because he was one for eight uh, from three point land. So yeah, once he got like closer to the basket, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, and he took over. He 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 got himself. The, he got his team that victory. Yeah, it's yeah, it's funny because um yeah he uh Trey uh, Trey Calvin and Brandon Noel, uh both scored twenty three points in that game. They won. Um, we are clear. Uh, we are the Horizon League is still classifying Brandon Noel as a as a freshman. So we are not going to dispute that. And I think he's going to be the freshman of the year. I think he's. I don't think it's really going to be very close. I don't think who else is even in that running right now compared to Brandon Noel. Nobody. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you can talk about to have somebody. They always do. You know, I mean, you, yeah, you could probably, you know, you could probably think about one of the IUPUI guys, but IUPUI is like, oh, and a million. So oh, no, oh and, <laughs> they're oh, and eight in conference and three and 16 on the season. Yeah, they're yeah. They, I I think they do. They are still the worst team in basketball, and they they got they they got roughed up pretty bad against Cleveland State. So that was that was interesting because yeah, you can't take the team that's one of the best defensive. You can't take a team. You can't go up against. You can't be the team that's really bad at turnovers and then go up against the most uh, the one of the toughest defensive teams in the conference and think you're going to get away with win. Although they did try. Very, very closely. They were up, but they were only down by four. And then That's Cleveland State rattled off 23 straight points. <laughs> kind of been a uh, a thing for, for IUPUI this year. I don't know if that's good or bad right now. Probably mostly kind of goodish. It's, been, yeah. They, I mean, they're some of these games. They are, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get to a certain point, you're like, you know, but the problem is they, they're only in the game for like, you know, 20, 25 minutes. And then the other team, Kicks it in another gear and beats them by like twenty or thirty. That <laughs> they have some, they have some work to do. They have a lot of work to do. They they need some three point shooters because they have none of them. Because against against Purdue Fort Wayne, IUPY hit one. 
one three-pointer. And you can't do that against one of the best three-point shooting teams in the conference. You know, Because they'll you, kill you every time. You mentioned IUPUI being the worst team in the conference, which is still yes. true. They're one of, the, one of the worst teams in basketball. That is also true. However, yes. according to the NCAA net rankings through yesterday, we're recording on Sunday the 15th. So through yesterday's games, they are only two spots behind yet another Horizon League team. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay, who... Also awful. Well, it's it, what's interesting about Green Bay is that their trip through... Um, they actually didn't do... when their tri- Last week when they played Cleveland State and Purdue Fort Wayne... They actually did. They actually did a lot better than they had over the course of the last, you know, over the course of basically the rest of the season. I mean, they were in the at a certain point in time. They actually were up on Cleveland State, and then of course Cleveland State was. But man, this weekend was a disaster for them. Yeah, um, it was really bad. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, it, it's almost as if. The right, the Green Bay team that we saw against Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Cleveland State, they stay. Uh, you know that Green Bay team just stayed in Fort Wayne because Wright State they scored ninety nine points. Got a field day. Green Bay gave up ninety nine points against a Division One team that isn't in the Power Six. They came up, gave up ninety nine points to a divi- a conference. Rival. Yeah, it I was mean, bad. I mean, like, that's, that's, that, be that's I mean, I mean, think about it for a second. You know, Youngstown State dropped 101 on IUPUI the week before, so that's how bad that was. I mean, and they they only and, and they quote unquote only lost by 21 against Northern Kentucky. So it's like, man, I mean. Yeah, the the top teams are pretty good. The bottom teams are really terrible. <laughs> As you can probably tell by this right now, I'm I'm actually just flipping through the NCAA net rankings. You know, I I know usually on Mondays you'll you'll drop the you, which I will also yeah. But it's really interesting to see. I mean, Oakland's the third worst team in the Horizon League currently according to net rankings. Wow, you know what? Off five five straight. You want to know what's sad is that. Them losing the Youngstown State dropped them 17 points. In the, they were young, Oakland had finally clawed its way back into sort of respectability in the. I mean, they were like 259, but yeah, they lost the they lost the Youngstown State, and yeah, that was not a good. But yeah, it, it, Oakland has turned into not as much of an anchor as they were. Well, so but they that's should. They, they, I mean, they're top half of the Horizon League right now, and they, they'd rattle off five straight. So it's interesting to see them sitting at 276 currently, you know, despite a loss to Youngstown State, who we know now is one of the top teams in the league. Like, and they're, Yeah, Youngstown State is knocking at the door of uh, the top 100 in the net rankings again. So so I, I guess it's good that, we, that Oakland has turned it around to the point where they're not the anchor we thought they were going to be going no. into the Horizon League. Thank God. That's just good because we got two big old anchors on the bottom of of the NCAA right now. Oof. I am very and I'm a very yeah. I mean it's like I I feel bad of saying you guys need to stay there and not beat anybody else beside each other. But yeah, you guys need to just stay there and not beat anybody else beside each other. We need them other. to stay there, not beat anybody else, and maybe have like a COVID cancellation when they are set to play a second time, like. I mean, this is 
Yeah, I'm just it, it's all. I mean, I didn't. And by the way, I did not realize that Green Bay was somehow is somehow now even closer to the bottom than they were last week. Yeah, they they just keep getting worse somehow. <sighs> and, and and then of course you have you know again Youngstown State who uh, Youngstown State knocking on the door of the top 100 again. And by the way, that's the, yeah yeah. But that's kind of a testament to you know the type of caliber team that they are. I mean, that's what they are. How does Youngstown Funny. State not not to like break this down into all these net rankings, but how does Youngstown State jump 13 points after beating OU, and OU dropped 17 points in the net rankings, losing the YSU? Like what? I, they must wait. They we they must have some weird ass formula for home get home home losses and road wins that I'm not aware of. Because uh, this, this here's the here's the here's the crazy thing. Now Cleveland State beat IUPUI by 35. Cleveland State beat I before the game before that game they were 203 in the net rankings. They beat an IUPUI team who, by the way, again bottom of the bottom of the league, bottom of the NCAA, bottom of the NCAA. Bottom of the like they've been stuck at 361 nearly the entire season, except for those two weeks where they were at the absolute bottom. Cleveland State beats them by 35. Cleveland State jumps up 27 points. Maybe it's because they won by 35. Thank God for all the I guess thank God for all the kids on the thank God for all the bench kids who kept hitting three pointers, I guess. But yeah, that that last but that last three minutes of Cleveland State uh IEPY was kind of like the last three minutes of Youngstown State uh, Westminster, where basically all of Cleveland State's players, like Youngstown State's player, all they were doing is chugging threes, and they were going in, which is not a, which is not a thing I'm used to seeing with Cleveland State, by the way, <laughs> at all. But somehow they all got in, so and they won by 35 because it was not a, yeah they I thought it was going to be like a 28 29 point win, and they won by 35. I'm like okay. I was a little surprised to see one of the Gerard twins and Chris Austin in the game for the entire time. I'm surprised. He, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that uh, they were in the game when uh, Cleveland State basically cleared their bench at that point. But and it didn't matter because I get those guys <laughs> minutes, I guess. I guess it didn't matter because Cleveland State was still beating them. It was still beating them. So I don't know, man. That's that's not good. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, so. We talked a little bit about right. We talked about Wright State. Wright State's another weird animal. Wright State is actually Wright State was kind of okay in the in the in the non-conference. Couple games that I wish they would have won, like Davidson, that they should have won, and you know, yeah, Davidson and Western Kentucky are two games they should have won and they didn't. Right. Um, I think there was a, there was one in Vegas that they should have won and they didn't either. There were three games in there that were they could have won and they didn't. And then they come into the conference, and it's like they come into the conference schedule, and it's like, I mean, the Northern Kentucky one is a major head scratcher. I couldn't figure that one out to save my life. But there they are, sitting at four and four. <laughs> they lost to OU too at, at the Nutter Center, which doesn't happen. Like, yeah, just weird. Yeah, Wright State is a weird one to figure out. And then they almost coughed up the game against. They almost coughed up a game against Milwaukee. They tried really hard. They really. They tried to really hard. I mean. Well, I guess the good news is that, you know, I don't know. It's just maybe it's because they keep it. I think Scott Nagy is still trying to figure out his team because he keeps trying to tweak the uh, tweak the starting rotation. 
Because he there was a there was like a whole stretch where Trey Calvin was like coming off the bench, off which the I bench. thought was supposedly for defense. But how do you let Amari Davis on the floor then if if defense is your yeah holding point? I I mean you can see again Wright State kind of and again Wright State is in that boat with Troy Mercy. You see some flashes of brilliance, but they haven't been able to get it together at all completely consistently. Right. So that's kind of where we're at here <laughs> with Wright State. Um, Purdue Fort Wayne seems to be in that part of that boat too, and I don't really understand that. I mean, you would think that with all those seniors, Purdue Fort Wayne would be better than four and three in the conference. You know, you would think that, and I I definitely predicted them to be better, especially because if you're the champion until you're not in my book, I'm I'm okay with exactly. That, in with, order to be the man, you got to beat the man, and the, especially because they returned all their pieces. But at the same time, like. They never really seemed to pass the eye test last year, and it feels like all those games that went their way last year are not this year currently. They're really not. It's kind of strange, too, because, I mean, but again, it's, you. we talk about those, again, flashes of brilliance. They beat Youngstown State, who is a really good basketball team. We've talked about it already today, like. But there was but the, but the two but the two teams that we saw flashes of brilliance of Detroit Mercy and Robert Morris they lost to yeah, and you, then they and then they turn and they lost to Milwaukee which is obviously no shame in that but still <laughs> so yeah I mean I could see that and then of course they, they beat IUPUI by 15 and that's one of those shouldn't you be beating IUPUI by more especially since Cleveland State dropped as much as they did I don't know and now, now Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Cleveland State have to play. Gonna be a barn burner. I can already tell you right now. We're recording on we're recording on Sunday. This one, this game's on a Monday night. So if you're listening to this already, um, if you're listening to this during the week after the Cleveland State Purdue Fort Wayne game has taken place, I'm just gonna say I told you so. <laughs> is uh is Chunk Kui playing in that? Do we know what's going on there? Because he was out uh, versus IUPUI, I believe. I believe. Um, I don't or Mitchell. know. Some, somebody was out. Somebody was hurt. Who's hurt for Fort Wayne right now? Hold on. Let me look. There's so many. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, that's oh, not that one. It's not Chong Kui. It's not Chong Kui. Someone no, it was, was somebody, it was somebody else, and I can't remember who. Hold on a second. Let me pull up the box. Where I'm like, who was that person? There are so many people who like. Oh, I think it was. Oh no, Quentin Morton Robertson was out. He did not play. Morton Robertson, ha. Chong Kui, Morton Robertson. Yeah, it was one of those long names, you know. Quentin Morton Robertson did not play against Purdue against uh, IUPUI. It clearly didn't matter, but yeah, he definitely did not play that game. Now, whether he plays against Cleveland State is a whole other matter. That, that one might matter. That one might matter. Um. Especially since, and I'm sure you've noticed this already, but Purdue Fort Wayne has 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 uh, John Kaufman has has on a few occasions this year gone really really small with the lineup on the floor, <laughs> really really small. He yep. has had he's had Chon Kui and Quentin Morton Robertson on the floor at the same time, and I'm pretty sure both of them are listed at five eight. So I they're think. probably actually five six. I don't know, but yeah. So um, and yeah, it's they. 
I think that I think the way they and and both of them can handle the ball really well too. So it's like when 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 Morton Robertson comes in for Chong Kui, there is no there's there's virtually no drop off. And again, you got you got Morton Robertson for another couple of years. It sounds like so. So you know, once Damian Chong Kui finally you know leaves and runs out of eligibility, there's Quentin Morton Robertson. Voila. But yeah. Um, they need him for this game because Cleveland State, for some reason, I'm still trying to figure out what Daniel Robinson is doing here, is that Cleveland State is going big. Cleveland State, is, uh, they got, uh, obviously, Deshaun Parker. He's the point guard. He's he's starting. But the rest of the starting lineup recently has been Tay Williams, who's sitting at 6'7", six, six, Jason Woodridge, who's sitting at 6'8", Tristan Anaruno, who's also sitting at 6'8", and, and Spider Johnson, who's 6'9". That's the, been the starting lineup the last three or four games. It seems to be working for it. I mean, that's like a lot of size. It's been, that's a lot of size for them. So, And, they, and again, the, the bigger issue that Purdue-Fort Wayne has is that they have to go up against that defense on Monday. And... Well, I mean, aside from the uh, aside from so, some of the uh, hiccups that Cleveland State had against uh, Green Bay, where some reason they were able to get a bunch of three pointers off, and maybe hopefully John Kaufman is looking at that and hoping to expose that. <laughs> They've been pretty good. I mean, like the first game, the first play of the Cleveland State IUPUI game is that IUPUI wins the tip, and then. <laughs> Jalen Counter gets his pocket picked by Deshaun Parker, and Deshaun Parker gets the gets the uh, lay in, and that was pretty much set the tone for the rest of the game. I was saying it was all downhill from there. It was not all though. All again, not all the way downhill because you know IUPUI was was able to get close within four, and then it went all downhill from there. <laughs> it would all then started it went all downhill. downhill. It all started downhill. They, they 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 got to the they got nearly to the top of the mountain and then somebody at Cleveland State just kicked them down and they started rolling down like one of those yeah like you know Jack and Jill going up the hill and boom bye somebody broke their crown on that one. <laughs> one thing I will say, it's a lot easier to cover the league when they're just pounding each other right now. Yes, it really is because it's like you got you know one set of games on Saturday, one set of games, uh, one set of games on Thursday, and then you have this oddball game because we only have we have eleven teams on that you know we have eleven teams. So then Oakland, Oakland, Detroit Mercy is going to play on a Friday on ESPN, right? Is that that happening? Is that what that is? I don't remember. I don't know. I I can't remember who's flexed. It's a possibility. Uh, I don't remember. Oh. No, probably not this time around because it's a because they play on a Monday. Okay. No, no, you know what? No, they didn't. No, they haven't decided who's gonna get the uh, ESPN game on on the twenty seventh yet because I think their choices are you know, Oakland and Youngstown State and Detroit Mercy and or Purdue Fort Wayne and Cleveland State again. Part the. I, I would go. I personally would go with Oakland and Youngstown State for the uh, for the ESPN game on the ESPN two game on that one. Just kind of throwing that out there because that one seems. I mean, don't get me wrong. Purdue Fort Wayne and Cleveland State is going to be you know is a consistent barn burner, but yeah, I think Youngstown State and Oakland on that Friday would probably be the better choice. 
You know, Bob, there's also one more thing we have not covered today that we have to make sure we talk about. Like, I, I cannot believe we went this entire podcast without mentioning this. Oh, we got to talk about this. What is this? Um, how did we not mention former Wright State um, legend, Loud and Love, leading the Jaguars to victory over the Chargers in the second half? <laughs> you know what? I didn't watch the game. I I mean, after, you know, I'm... I'm kind of at a point where it's like, okay, um, I'll watch the Super Bowl and that's about it. I'm kind of tell me how to get, tell me what happens. You know, I'll figure out what happens up to the Super Bowl. Read the, you know, I'll read the news and then go from there. Yeah. How do we get, I don't. I don't care how we got here. I just want to get to the. I just want to get there. Yeah. Well, good four, on you, Loud four, and Love. Loud and Love just. Lead, I mean, he had a terrible first half and then just led the Jaguars in that second half. Coming back, you know, big. Great job, loud enough. Outstanding work. Outstanding work getting a what is that? A, a, a pulling a Frank Wright for Buffalo, or more modern terms, pulling a uh, you know, <laughs> or the uh, Tom Brady uh, beating the uh, getting over a twenty-eight-three lead over yeah, exactly. uh, from uh, yeah. So well, way to go, guys. <laughs> good, good work, Loudon. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> I did not. I did not, man. We don't. We don't always talk about everything ahead of time. Just you know, a little how, how the sausage is made there. I didn't even realize. Yeah, I it, it totally. Well, see, it probably would have been more helpful had I actually watched at least some of the game. And I just like screw it. I don't want to watch this. I guess I probably should have, considering they came down for what was it, twenty-seven to nothing or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I missed it. Sorry. Take my football fandom card away or something. I don't give a shit. <laughs> You're not root for loud and love in the playoffs. I know. I'm going to hell. I know. I just probably should have probably should have thought of that first and foremost. Like, hey, is loud and love playing? Yes, he is. Well, well, I mean, after the first season, I mean, you didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, I guess we can just blame that on Urban Meyer. I know Michigan fans will. It's easier that way. It's easier for everybody, honestly. Exactly. So, all right. Um, so, what do we have coming up next week? We have some basketball well, games next week. We got some good basketball. Oh yeah, here we go. Um, the aforementioned barn burner, I assume, will be, uh, which I assume will be correct, as you, if you're watching this later, or listening to this later on this week between Cleveland State and Purdue Fort Wayne. And then, hey, Oakland and Detroit. You mentioned this, or alluded to this already. You have Oakland and Detroit Mercy doing their uh, their games against IUPUI, um, so that ought to be fun. Big game on Saturday is going to be the Youngstown State Milwaukee game. That one's going to be fun, and it's at Milwaukee, so that's going to be a big road test for uh, for Youngstown State. And I think that's going to be. I, I think we're going to figure out who's who's at the top of the heap after that one, because we'll be halfway through the uh, conference schedule by then, or at the very least by the end of Monday when you are uh, with, after the uh, Oakland-Detroit Mercy game. So, ought to be fun. A lot of, lot of good basketball on the horizon. I think I, I I personally think that Youngstown State Milwaukee game it's gonna be it's gonna be a high scoring deal I think it's probably gonna be like ninety five ninety four or some crap like that because it's got they're just gonna like shoot their faces off during that game just really think that's what's gonna happen that one's gonna be fun or it's gonna be or everybody's gonna like not be able to shoot and it's gonna be like forty five forty five 
43 or some crap like that. It could go one way or the other, really. <laughs> it's going to be a good one, though, for the prize, I think that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, I will. I am very interested in seeing good Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Cleveland State do against Wright State and uh, Northern Kentucky, though. Because that ought to be... It's yeah, possible that Wright State turns the corner anytime time under Nagy. It's always possible. Of course it is, because they Was do that it game every, the one? They do it every single season. It, it seems like they do it every single season. You're not 100% why, but they do. So, there you go. So, well, Youngstown, yeah. And then on the other side, you got Youngstown State and Robert Morris. Uh, Robert Morris in Milwaukee is also B. I, I, I'd like to see what that Robert Morris-Milwaukee game is going to be, uh, what that's going to look like, too. Because that's going to be, again, which Robert Morris team shows up that game. We'll see. So, but it ought to be fun. We're we're in the fun part of the schedule now. So it's always, it's always fun. You got Horizon teams just beating each other up and dropping thirty points in that ranking. You know, great. This is true. Ah, that's right. Yeah. So starting on yeah. So oh man. Oh, this is gonna be fun. And then after after next week, the week after, we'll talk about this. It's like just that weird. Like we're playing five games every freaking day. So. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm not looking forward to that. Although I, I like it being spaced out a little bit, but I do not envy the fact that we – it messes up our it messes up our recording time. That's what it does. <laughs> They're so inconsiderate. I know. It's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their fault. They, they know not no what they fault. do here. No, it's all good. All right. We got this. We got it. We'll figure it out. We got. We'll we'll definitely figure out next week because next week's uh, next week is you know pretty normal ish. <laughs> so, all right, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Um, Horizon round two. Go. Got. Uh, all right, uh, horizonroundtable.com. Uh, that's where our content and our past episodes are. By the way, um, go to horizonroundtable.com/slash/subscribe uh, to subscri- subscribe to the newsletter. Because we uh, another edition of the game previews for the week uh, will be coming out. It should be Wednesday. I promise. Um, you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week. Until then, thank you all for listening. <laughs>